Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 118, coming from the Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me this week in person, member of the Highway 22 crew, newly married, Sean Klosterman. Sean, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. Joining us after a lengthy hiatus, Secretary Shauna. How's it going? It is going great. Now, just a little housekeeping. Uh, you'll notice I said only the Riverwood Gallery Studio because Minger's true value is no more. The owners, Mitch and Julie Minger, have retired and sold the business. It is now Gillette Hardware. To my knowledge, they have not sponsored us yet. <laughs> so the invitation is there for the new ownership. Uh, Riverwood Gallery Studio is keeping going, or Riverwood Gallery is still going on, though. So for all your Packer needs, Riverwood Gallery is still going on. So they are still maintaining that name. Also, a little piece of bookkeeping here. We've got to talk about our other friend over at Ragin' Pro Wrestling, RPW. Heat Wave coming up in August, August 26th. At, back at the watering hole where it all began, Heat Wave 3 will be the show. So be sure to get your tickets for that. Tickets still available, but going quick. Uh, check out some of the talent going on there. Uh, always a good time. Get tickets at RagingProWrestling.com. Also at the watering hole in Green Bay. And look sharp at the mall in Appleton. So be sure to get your tickets there. Some of the announced uh, matches coming up. We've got... The RPW Fatal 4-Way for the Cruiserweight Championship. As of right now, that is Creed versus the reigning champion, uh, Damian Chambers. Boo! Versus TW3, trying to get his title back. Let's go, TW. I don't know who Jay is, but Jay is involved as well. Jay. Um, also announced, we've got RPW Women's Championship match. Defending champion, Heather Reckless versus Kayla Cassidy. Also announced for the card, we've got RPW champion, heavyweight champion, Jake something, formerly of Impact Wrestling, taking on Davey Vega in your co-main event. And I believe that is the gist of the card that we have announced. I've not seen anything. I'm just kind of scrolling through here. But more matches to come for RPW Heat Wave 3, August 26th at the Watering Hole. Like I said, tickets still available for that. Also got to talk about our friends over at Ray's Energy, RepSports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number 4, 15% off of any order from Ray's Energy. Which leads us to our next part here. That is what we had rooted for in the last couple weeks. It's been a few weeks since we've been on these microphones. And as always, that is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus Powered stores, including Milwaukee Brewers gear, including new NBA champion Denver, Denver Nuggets gear, including the NHL champion Las Vegas Golden Knights. Also, NFL training gear, training camp gear coming up. Uh, 4th of July, MLB gear coming out as well. Be sure to check that out. All-star gear coming up as well once those teams are announced. Hats and basic jersey outlay has been unveiled already. Uh, all-star roster is coming soon, so be sure to check all your needs for that. And Sean, as the newly married man, I will let you go first on what you had rooted for in the last three weeks since we last recorded. Was it at my wedding? 
It was two weeks before your wedding. Was it two weeks before? That's a long time. It's been that long. Yeah, the last episode we recorded was, I believe, June... I thought it was, like, the week of. No, we didn't do the week of. We didn't do the week after. So it was the week before, mm. which okay. I believe puts us at, what, the 8th or ninth or something to that effect? I don't know. So we pretty much rooted for the wedding. Yeah, pretty much. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what pretty, I was trying pretty, to pretty much what trying all three get of you us, to talk about. All three of us rooted for. It was a very fun time. Except for one thing, which we'll get to that in a second here. <laughs> but... It was a it was a very great time. Awesome people. Everything's everything's legal. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah, everything's legal. Everything's good. So shouldn't have any any issues that way. So the fact all of the things that us women have to go through after we get married, though, by changing our names, all of our work emails, our license, everything. You boys really have it easy. You signed up for this. That's true. You literally said yes for a rock. Right. That's true. We we agreed to give you a rock. And you said... And sometimes I it's a fake rock. It wasn't in this case. Neither case. No? I don't think... Not in ours. Not. I, can, I can say it's not in ours. <laughs> I don't know if, if you got anything, but I'm not going to assume for you. I'm assuming you you went all out. Oh. It's like a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway... So, yeah, great time, by yeah, the way. Very great I would, time. I would co-sign on that. I would also. I had a great time. You were drunk. I was <laughs> not. I, honestly, honestly, I was drunk at the end of the night. I was not drunk when we got off the bus. <laughs> you were drunk no, when I we got wasn't. Off the bus. I just like to have a good time. <laughs> I, I'm a good time. Okay, there were almost 100 cans of beer and Trulies, and there was five beers left. There were and 25 people on the bus. Yeah, but all of her cousins don't drink. Okay, so there was... Hannah doesn't drink. Okay, Emily, so... Emily doesn't drink. So how Austin many people were... Drink. Keith doesn't drink. Austin was drinking beer. He had two beers. He had more than that. He, he had, had more, more than, that? than that, especially when you guys went to go... Because I was bartending. <laughs> and a lot of times when people would come to the cooler to get a beer, they'd be like, hey, I'll buy you one too. So then... <laughs> Okay, so maybe I had a couple more than I thought. But, again, I wasn't drunk. I was just having a great time. You were drunk. Food sobered you back up. Just admit it. I was having a great time. It was a great time. When I started drinking party, party whiskey Red fun. Bulls, that's when I got drunk. Yeah, that's why you got to blame Ramsey. <laughs> they were tasting good, and I could go for one of those, like, ASAP. They were good. I had one myself. Yeah. Actually, I had two. I had six. I just had beer. I had beer the whole night. Yeah, you bought me 20 beers at... Your reception. Perfect. I don't know how many I had, but it had to be somewhere. That's why you got to keep the cup snake. Yeah. I rooted for Eric's speech. That was, it was very good. Top top ten speeches I've ever heard. It was very good. You probably only heard ten. I pu- I'd put the two that I had that I did before yours, but that's because I did a musical number. So. Yeah, you didn't do a musical number. I gave a heartfelt speech <laughs> with a lot of jokes. It was a very it was very good. I was at the end of the table crying like a proud mom. Because she helped me co-write it. Yeah, and also I made you practice. You did. With, so, the, with the toilet paper roll. Toilet paper roll and the podcast <laughs> and these And these mics. <laughs> these yep. microphones all got practiced on at one point or another Yep. with my speech. Yeah. So it was, yeah. a very, it was a very good speech. Yes, Thank you, buddy. I will it was. give you that. You going to follow that one up? Probably not. In, in July of next year? You got a year. Rams can do the speech. Nah, you're both doing speeches. Why are we both doing speeches? Because that's just how it works. Do I have to do a musical? Oh. Got it. I already got it. I talked to my sisters. You probably can get in on theirs. 
And you can all just long, do one as together. As long as I can wear a Barney costume. No, 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 no. Come on, I bet you they'd be down for it. I bet you they'd be down for a lot, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to, again, the wedding was great. Yes. Um, I'm also going to say I want to thank everybody who wished me a happy birthday over the weekend. Uh, we had a great weekend, all of us, yeah. in this room. Um, we started off, Sean and I started off on Friday night. We went to the Tim Rattler game for... Excuse me, it was the Utter Tugger game? Sorry. Yeah. The Wisconsin Utter Tuggers for the weekend. And you were late. We were not late. We were there ahead of first pitch. But we were late for getting a bobblehead. We did not get the bobblehead. Um, some of us have to work, Sean. What are you going to do about it? But we got to the game. Uh, that one was a close game. Had fireworks at the end. Yep. All was well. Beautiful weather. Beautiful weather. Not this hazy Canada wildfire bullshit. But uh, Saturday, I uh, went down to Kiel, got myself a new decoration. Thanks to Shauna. Yep. Uh, my birthday present. I got my Milwaukee Bucks bar mirror. Uh, so that's exciting. We went to their stock car track in Shano. Yep. That's uh, always great. Watched some races. Was that your first time there? No. Oh, you've been there before. We went there last year. Yes. Um, ate a lot of dirt. But it was it was really fun. I like I like I like watching race, dirt track racing. It's yeah. so fun. I want to take Carolyn dude there at some point here, probably this year. Every Saturday, ten dollars. I know. Yeah, I know, I know you know. But the guy I, just kept saying it, so it's like in my it's in my brain. They're fighting inflation at the Shano tr- racetrack. The legendary half mile of Shano Speedway. Yeah, the guy said it probably a hundred times by the whole time we were there. So that's why yeah. I said it. But so that was uh, Saturday night, and then Sunday afternoon. A nice little, another Utter Tuggers game with Shauna, Sean, Carolyn, Mark, and Hannah. Uh, got in line early for the bucket hats. Got rain done. Where are our bucket hats? Back of your car. car. <laughs> yeah. Got rain done, powered through. Also, shout out to the Utter Tuggers. They hosted the Gillette 12U team for their Field of Dreams uh, national anthem moment. That was really cool. Uh, co-host of the Back to the Roots show, Justin Dahl and his wife, and... Uh, son were there, so they were part of the 12U team. Uh, Justin is the coach of that 12U team. Oh, nice. And so Dane got to go out, and uh, he was, I believe he started second base with second baseman. So that was awesome. A lot of fireworks offensively for the Tim Rattlers that day, too. Ended up being a 12, or Utter Tuckers, sorry. Uh, 12-4 win for the Utter Tuckers. Uh, got to see the Brewers Fourth overall prospect, now member of the top 100 prospects in the MLB after the new update went through on Monday. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But all in all, great birthday weekend. Uh, capped off with a Sunday night dinner at my parents' house and then a little day after birthday, uh, sushi with me and Shama. So Sushi. Sushi. Busy couple days, but all it's been great. Been a busy couple weeks. That's, it has. That's true. Uh, but I, again, genuinely, thank you for all the birthday wishes from our listeners, friends, family, etc. You're getting old. I know. You're older than me, though. Actually, both of you are. So. I feel old, though. I do too. You look old. I don't, I don't know what to say. To that those bags under your eyes. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? So with the positives do come the negatives, and that leads us to the Tyler Hero Nuggie of the Week Award. And Sean, no, no. Sean, no, you, you yeah. want to go first? Thank yeah, you. Canada. Oh. That was going to be one of mine, Jeez, too. Jeez, this smog. I feel like I live in China. My throat hurts. 
I can't breathe. I got a respiratory infection. Get it together and fight your fires, brother. That's all I have to say. Yeah, we, we I had an ear infection after the wedding, which apparently the doctor said that my nasal sinuses were worse than my ears were. You were sick before the wedding. I was. He was. <laughs> but I went to the doctor as well because I had a sinus infection also after the wedding. And the lady said the amount of like respiratory infections that they have had this late in the year is unusual and sh- they're chalking it up to the the fires. So that would make sense. Get it together, air. This yeah, hazardous Canada. crap is annoying. Yeah, that was my nugget of the week as well. So, Sean, you've got a great one here. So yeah, I got a pretty good I one. am going to let you go off. I'm well, yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to go with, it's called Her Beauty Bar. <laughs> it's an odd nugget for you to have. It's a very odd nugget, but <laughs> I told Carolyn. I'm backing up, too. I told Carolyn I was going give to give this place a nugget. Actually, so, this might be dumpster fire of the year. This, this, this very well This could. is definitely a leader in the clubhouse for it's, dumpster yeah. fire of the year. So, Sean, why don't, why don't you tell the story? Sean, go you for can it. go for it as well because you were there too. So, what time did you girls get there? 7.30. 7.30. And Carolyn had messaged her hair and makeup that they were there because they were supposed to actually be there before you girls got there. Mm-hmm. But, so Carolyn messaged and they're like, oh, we're like five minutes away. They're not coming. They're not coming. It's a half hour. She messes her again. Yeah, and it just went. It just went downhill from there. And this is where I'm gonna let you take it. So yeah. So she messaged her. They said we were five minutes away. They just had to stop at the bathroom. So we were like, okay. So we went down to the church basement. We got all of our stuff set up. We started setting up tables. Blah blah blah. And then um, three of us stayed up, uh, like on the street, to let these people in. Well, 15 minutes went by, and we were like, hmm, something's a little bit fishy here. So one of the bridesmaids started calling them. They wouldn't answer, wouldn't answer, wouldn't answer. Then by about 8 o'clock, we got a hold of them. They said, the first thing she says is, I need everybody not to panic. Which is <laughs> which the worst, is thing, the worst, worst thing, thing to say. And I was like, because one of the more meek and mild bridesmaids was on the phone, and myself when these things happen, and not so meek and mild. But anyway, so she was like, okay, so what's going on? And the Her Beauty Bar said, um, we've double booked. And at that point, the one bridesmaid said, okay. And I said, what are you going to do for us? And uh, the bridesmaid that had the phone started to walk away, and I just kept following because I was like, <laughs> I'm mad. Um, at this point, too, Carolyn was very, very, very stressed, as any bride on their day would be. Um, long story short, they told us they were in Wausau, and they were not coming. And, again, they kept saying, this has never happened to us before in our 10 years of business, blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, that's fine, but it happened to you now, so right. what are you going to do? And she's like, I don't know. We'll have to call people, whatever. So, in the meantime... <laughs> I want to, if I may. Yeah. So, we're all sitting at the Airbnb. No, we were at McDonald's at this point. Oh, that's right. We were at McDonald's. (laughs) So, the boys, myself, Sean, uh, my brother Mark, Nick, and Uh, Austin. Austin, And Tucker. And Tucker. uh, We're all, we decided to go get some breakfast. We were hanging on McDonald's. Sean texts me, oh, shit. The hair and makeup (laughs) is not coming. And then followed immediately, don't tell Sean. 
and don't, don't tell, tell Carolyn. Any, right. Because not because we were being shady, but because we knew that if we went to Carolyn and said at that point they're not coming and we didn't have a solution, it would be terrible. Right. So at that point we didn't want to tell anybody other than the three of us that knew before we started to have solutions. Right. So that's why we kept it from her for a little longer because we were like, we cannot go to her and say they're not coming. What the hell are we going to do? It's our job to figure it out. So, so I'm sitting at McDonald's eating my, my McGriddle <laughs> and trying to figure out, like, I'm texting anybody I knew that had gotten married anytime recently. And at this point, too, you didn't know, but Nick also knew. Yeah. Right. Nick, who's Nick sitting next know. to me, didn't say anything either. But we're sitting there, like, like looking back at the moment, like, I could tell that he knew, but I didn't know in the moment that he knew. But we're sitting there like, oh, shit. Like, again, like I said, I'm texting anybody I knew that's gotten married recently of just looking for recommendations of somebody who can come last minute try to figure something out. So then by that point, thank heavens, Carolyn's cousin's fiance. Yep. Alyssa, does, shout, yes, out, shout out to Alyssa. Shout out. She gets a root for. Yeah. Um, she, like, does hair for a living. Yep. So she was already on. She was gathering her stuff up. She was already on her way. Um, we called some makeup people. They were already on their way. Again, we were calling the boys and saying, there is going to be no funny business. You better be here by 1130 sharp, dressed up, ready to go, bells on, no, whatever. And the boys, you guys were answering the phone really nicely. You were decorating. You guys were like also root for, for you guys too. Cause you guys, good for us. you guys really stepped up in a time of, of need. Yeah, we just had beers in the parking lot, so. <laughs> I got to add one more nugget. The whole, so you got, this was the whole situation. And then how they handled it afterward. Yeah. And we're trying to let you go yeah. on this again. Yeah. So apparently, so they, Carolyn sent a whole message, which I know you read, and I'm assuming yep. you read. Yes, I've seen it. So sent a whole message, and it took them three days to respond, saying that there was another bride with the same name with an S on the end of her name. Which I'm going to call bullshit on for what it's worth. Right. And they also sort of blamed it on Carolyn because they did it for not checking in. But as Carolyn said, which is probably the most like. Carolyn thing. Not even (laughs) Carolyn thing, but just like it's it's such a solid argument. Does your boss call you every day to to check if you're coming into work? Right. No. You hired this person a year. Two years. Two years in advance. You are expected to be there on that day. Right. And since you just had a trial with them in May right. and everything was perfect. Right. Well, they kept saying like, oh, if we would have had sooner contact, excuse me, it's June. Right. Like, no. So if anybody's getting married or wants to get their hair or makeup done by anybody, do not go to her beauty bar. Yeah. Because words spread a lot quicker than I ever thought it was going to. Right. Well, and like, again. And shout out to what, what was, um, what's her name? I honestly don't know. No, no, the the main, Emily. I think Emily was her name from... The makeup girl? Yeah, the makeup girl. Yeah. I can't think of what her, um, what her website is. But shout out to all, yes. all of the girls that came. Like, we had such yeah, a hodgepodge so, of people. There so many people. But it, honestly, it worked out better, or like, for the best. We were all ready on time. We all looked fantastic. Right. Um... Yeah, it was it it was a shit show of a morning, but it ended up it ended being up all. a beautiful day. Yeah, so. it was a great day besides morning. Yep. I, I wanna give one half noogie here 
to, I don't know who it was, but the kid who got pulled over <laughs> in front of the church. Oh, my goodness. So this is, this is another fun story from the wedding um, that will go down in history right. with, this, the, with Sean and Carolyn's wedding. Um, so I will say, I'm not going to name names. But I will say three other groomsmen, <laughs> including you. I would no, no, no. I very much was not participating <laughs> in this portion of it. There were three groomsmen who were yelling at vehicles <laughs> because there was a car show going on, like a block away, to do something cool, do a burnout at this four-way intersection. <laughs> Unbeknownst to the guys. Sean and Carolyn were doing something for their wedding video, reading vows to each other, the, you know, private little moment at the same time. A truck comes up from one of the streets, and these group of three groomsmen yell, <laughs> do a burnout. The, I'm guessing probably 16, yeah, to he, 19 he year old young. kid decides he's going to oblige. <laughs> And for about 30 seconds of spinning his back tires and, and revving up the engine. and Now, I was also a part of this moment. Yeah, because you were the one. The, the, vid the... the videographer looks at me and goes. That's so terrible I, for. So I, <laughs> I know. She looks at me and is waving her hands with sort of an angry look on her face. So I run to the corner and I see seven groomsmen standing there. <laughs> All with shit-eating <laughs> grins on their faces, watching this kid do the what is po quite possibly the loudest burnout I've ever heard in my life. He's rolling smoke, and all of these groomsmen are just, just this, these big shit-eating grins. And I'm like, tell them to stop, tell, like waving my hands. And they're just like shrugging their shoulders at me, and I'm like, do it, like whispering, yelling across the street. Then all of a sudden, he stops, and I was like, okay, whatever. Peels out. Yep. And then the best part of this whole thing <laughs> is um, in the 30 seconds he was revving and spinning the tires, blowing smoke, a cop came up by him <laughs> and doesn't stop at the stop sign, hits the lights. Whips on the loudest freaking siren. Which I'm sure also made the initial cut of the video. But yeah, probably. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that soundbite of just the smoke rolling and you guys just being so heartfelt and sentimental, and then <laughs> just so then. But, the, but so the cop turns the sirens on, doesn't stop the stop sign, but the car that did stop the stop sign because he didn't turn his siren on right away, mm -hmm. almost T-bones his part was the makeup or hair person. Yep, was, yep. Uh, Alyssa, Megan. Megan. Oh, Megan. Yep. Sorry. Almost T-bones Megan, so they're like <laughs> maybe a foot apart. And he peels out. The truck keeps going. Mind you, all of the groomsmen now are yelling, oh, shit! <laughs> and proceeds to pull the kid over. Right. And we're like, oh, shit, we got to go inside because we don't want him to come back. <laughs> so and I don't, and our, the, one of the groomsmen was a cop, and he said it's probably a what? How about much $175 fine? $175 fine. For the yeah, kid. Perfect. <laughs> um, oh, man. So that happened. That so was funny. So needless to say, Sean and Carolyn had to redo their vows later yeah, for later the sound the bite. But looking forward to that blooper reel. Because hopefully the, her sound picked up all There the is no way that the sound <laughs> didn't pick that up. 
they're still I'm facing that way, so right. it'll, it, it'll pick it up. Right. There's still rubber on that road. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was funny, though. Yeah. It is now. But like I said, when I came around the corner and I saw all seven of them just <laughs> with these huge-ass grins, some of them, their mouths, like, agape because, again, the car was, like, the truck was, like, fishtailing because he was burning or whatever. I don't know how that all works. But I'm like, shut up. <sighs> it's funny now. It's funny now, yeah. I mean, it was sort of funny in the moment, too. It was funny too. in the moment. I, I, I was laughing. Like, if this would have happened to any other, like, couple, maybe not so funny, but it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> they can laugh about it. So, anyway, that is catching everybody up on the wedding in the last couple of weeks. With that, uh, we do have a What's Weird Wisconsin story. Wisconsin Weird Web Story. I, I really got to figure. Yeah, you got to figure out. Figure out a... Yeah, what does the WWW mean? Uh, let's go with Wisconsin Web Story of the Week. That's, that's that's four W's. Four W's. No, Wisconsin not. web Wisconsin story web. of the week. It'd actually be W W S W W. Well, they're not always weird. Sometimes they're just funny. Um, this actually follows up on a story we did a couple weeks ago, Ooh. where we talked about the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Oh God. <laughs> so we had recently talked about uh, when the Dodgers were in Milwaukee. Uh, but how Mookie Betts <laughs> decided to not stay with the team at the hotel and decided to stay at an Airbnb <laughs> because he was worried about the reported hauntings at the Airbnb. And, and to follow up, uh, a couple weeks later, the Oakland Athletics came into town, soon to be the Las Vegas Athletics. Uh, came to town to play Milwaukee. And swept Milwaukee. We'll Ugh. talk about that later. Uh, but Brent Rooker, an outfielder for the Athletics, had a haunted experience while staying at the hotel. Uh, talking to... <laughs> Got him again. <laughs> You're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from TMJ Ford, Milwaukee. Uh, oh, you're not going to cut it out now? No. <laughs> Might as well not. The A's took to Milwaukee, stayed at the hotel, and apparently a ghost was bothering uh, Brent Rooker. The report was that he had previously stayed at this hotel in the past, never had an unusual experience because he'd played with the Padres and the Twins in the past. Um, but he said that some of the times the lights flicker, but he had chalked it up to faulty wiring. However, this time he said his television in his hotel room was automatically turning on and off and changing the channel. It happened right before the A's began its three-game series against the Brewers. According to MLB.com, uh, Rooker said, I'll have it on like the Golf Channel. I'll be on my laptop looking down. And I'll look back up. It's on QVC or some other channel. It's definitely not Golf Channel. That happened a few times. I fell asleep with it on one night. Woke up at like 4 in the morning and it was off. Figured it was just a sleep timer. I woke back up at 7.30 or 8, and it was back on and on a different channel that I had fallen asleep with it on. It's just kind of small stuff like that, Rooker would go on to say. You think there's just, like, somebody in the walls changing the channel? One of his teammates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be. around with them. Uh, but so they did have a, you know, the, the A's did come to town and took care of business. So um, clearly it did not affect him at all. But uh, just kind of talking about, like I said, just kind of going back to this story after... We had initially talked about it a few years ago. Um, a few weeks few ago? Weeks. Yeah, sorry. I was reading the story as well because it talks about in 2016, uh, former brewer G-Man Choi, when he was playing with the Anaheim Angels, 
uh, talked about a supernatural experience that a ghost lingered in his bed the first night he stayed at the Fister. In 2021... How does he know that? I, I don't know. Lingered in his bed. You feel, feel, the, feel the impression. Oh, my God. Ooh. Um, yeah. In 2021, MLB published an online article detailing ghost sightings at the Fister Hotel from several players, including Michael Young, Bryce Harper, and Mike Cameron. So why, why do teams stay there? Right. Why don't they stay at somewhere else? Some fancier place. I got nothing. The A-loft. I mean, this is about as, I think this is one of the fancier hotels in Milwaukee. I mean, I can understand the A's staying there, but... <laughs> The A's are lucky they're not staying all at a, like a Airbnb. They're not not staying on the bus. But do they not have a lot of money? No, they claim they don't. Oh, even though the yeah the team's gonna sell for boohoo bucks. Mm. So that is. The, are you recording? Yeah. Oh, the stuff doesn't look like it's moving. It oh, is now. It is okay. Um, so that is the latest antics from the spirits at the Fister Hotel. Okay. So that is our. Wisconsin Web Weekly story. Mm-hmm. Um, Shauna, do you have trivia for us? We got trivia. We got Fourth oh. of July trivia. Oh boy! I feel like the uh, mm, thing should be playing. The uh, um, why can I not think of the national? Anthem. Yes, thank you. <laughs> why can I not think of the oh national? Oh my goodness! Anthem? That's Star Spangled Banner. There it is. Okay, so we got all kinds of uh, trivia for you. We've got. Um, We've got some, like, Declaration of Independence, 7076, 1776 trivia. We also have some current trivia with um, the 4th of July, um, like, stats. So can we have buzzwords, or are we just, we're just yelling? Um, we should do buzzwords. Sean. Right. Yeah. Oh, we're just doing our names? Yeah. Well, what do you want your buzzword to be? I don't know. I thought we were do something fun. Well, what do you want? Firework? America. Okay, America. What about, can one of you do an eagle screech? Yeah, Sean's got to do an eagle screech. <laughs> no, you're doing it. I, I'm putting the foot down as producer. You're doing that. No. Sean, what do you want to do? I don't know. What kind of patriotic thing do you want to ring in? Can I just go boom? Sure. And what okay. is yours? America. Can, can you do the eagle screech? No. Okay. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Let's do it. How many people signed the Declaration of Independence? America. 26. No. Um, boom, 196. No. Am I closer? <laughs> no. Lower than Sean's, higher than America, Eric's. America, 62. No. 76. No. Higher? Lower. Sweet. Lower than me, too? What did you have? 62. Lower. America. 48. You didn't, you didn't buzz Boom, in? 48. No. America, uh, 38. Higher than that one, what did you say, 48? 48. Higher than that one, too. America, 54. A little bit higher. Boom, 56. Correct. Ah. <laughs> All right. Man, we're good. Hey, they're doing the wave. What was the actual month that the Declaration of Independence was signed? Boom, June. No. July. <laughs> America, oh. August. It is August. Is it August? It was authored in seven uh, in July fourth, seventeen seventy six. But by the time it was signed by everybody, all right, guys. It took them that long to sign their names. Which they two horses? S- they didn't have cars. Which, I suppose it's government. Which two? S- <laughs> <laughs> which two signers of the Declaration of Independence went on to become U.S. presidents? America, oh. Thomas Jefferson, and no, he's the author. Shit, 
Uh, I'm going to keep him, and I'm going to go with James Madison. You have one correct. Thomas Jefferson was correct. Do you Boom. have a guess? It's Andrew Jackson. No. Oh, Boom, Sam Adams. No. Boom, that, John that's Adams. A, that's a beer. There, he was a guy, too. Also, you're saying boom like Sean. Sorry, America. So John Adams. Sean's going to get the point for that one. Why? Because you <laughs> no, rang. No, 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 no. in my, my buzzword. So it's John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, but Eric answered for Sean because he was saying boom. God damn it. <laughs> Who was probably the most famous name on there? America, John Hancock. No. I, you have to wait till I finish the question. Yeah, so you know the rules. Who was the first person to sign the Declaration of Independence, Sean? Was it John Hancock? It Boom. was. Yes. Boom, John Hancock. Thank you. Thank you for. Okay. Who am I? I'm the oldest signer of the Declaration of Independence. I was a Pennsylvanian signer. I'm also the scientist and the minister of the French court to gain the French support for the colonies of the War of Independence. America, Ben Franklin. That is correct. It's Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> He's on the $100 bill. Okay. Yes. I learned that from National Treasure. Um, I don't see a whole lot of those. All right. You ready? Americans spend. I'll give you, if you're within, like, you got to be, you got to be close. Who, whichever one of you answers first closer wins. Um, Americans spend blank on fireworks for the 4th of July. Question uh, before we do Total, that. total, all okay. Americans, not okay. just one American, all of them. Okay, all. I thought we were going, like, average. No, one, all of the Americans. All of the Americans. America, $2.7 Okay. Boom, let's go. You said 2.7? Did. I don't think it I don't think it's that much. I really don't. Inflation though, Sean. I, I know, but <laughs> and fireworks are expensive. Uh okay, I'll go higher than that. I'll go 2.7. No, let's go 2.8. It was 2.2. <gasps> it's 2. Okay. I got one of those. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Now the average so let's go. How much do all Americans, the number of hot dogs eaten on the 4th of July? Oh. The well, number of hot dogs. Joey Chestnut them. is like 80. Yeah. So there's probably like 1,000 in at the Nathan's in, Hot Dog. Yeah. America. And again, this is just who's closer. 1.3 million. Boom, 1.4 million. It's 150 million. Son of a bitch. So Sean. That's a lot of hot dogs. That's a lot yep. of hot dogs. Okay, how I'm much? Gonna go on, I'm going to go on record saying I don't think they eat that many. I think they buy that many because they come in packs of, you know, eight or 20 or whatever. It says eaten. There's no way they know that. Okay. You figure how many people. <laughs> how much do Americans, so again, all Americans, we're looking for a big number, plan to spend on 4th of July beer and wine? Ooh. Who the fuck drinks wine on the floor? Just of like, God? like I think it's like mixers, like cocktail spirits. mixers. Spirits. Yeah, wine and or yeah, beer and spirits. America, three point five billion. Ooh, three point six billion. It's three billion. <laughs> Ooh, damn it! And for those of you keeping track at home, we've got five to four. Oh, it's close. We're almost done. <clears throat> All right. Around how many firework-related hand injuries do you see on the 4th of July? Again, all Americans. Well, do I see or how many are reported? How, again, like <laughs> hospitals, reported hospitals. 
I'm going to go America, 20,000. That's it? With that much in fireworks? I figure some people know what they're doing. Let's go with 22,000. It's around 1,400 oh, firework-related really? injuries. That's it? That's yep. it. Yep. I'm not going to give that to either one of you. What? Why not? Because we, we were, were, we we were, were millions off way one time. Off. Yeah, hold but, on. Hold on. We were millions off one time. You gave Sean all the million points. Yeah, but that, that she makes no. the rules. Yeah. Why are you fighting this? Which state has the most firework-related injuries reported? America. Boom. Boom. Texas. Well, Florida. Neither one of you are correct. Damn. Boom. California. No. America, New York. No, it's in the Midwest. I'll give you that. America, Iowa. No. Boom, Wisconsin. No. Boom, Michigan. No. Boom, Ohio. No. Boom, Illinois. Illinois. No. Boom, Indiana. No. Boom, Minnesota. No, but Kansas is closer. Minnesota? No. America. Arkansas. No. America, Missouri. Yes. (laughs) Woo! I'm saying Missouri. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. All right, last one. Even though Eric's probably going to win. Well, Eric is going to win six to four. <laughs> I still this have. Is, w- this is worth three points. Damn it. Oh, yeah, we can make it three points. No. Actually, yeah, here we go. Here <laughs> Son we go. Of a bitch. Mm, let's see. In the two weeks prior to the 4th of July, how many pounds of beef are purchased? What? In America. <laughs> How many many pounds pounds? of beef are purchased in the two weeks prior to the 4th of July? Do do the hot dogs count? Is that beef? I'm going to say America, 10 billion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with a billion. Neither one of you are very close, but Sean takes the three points. What? This is bullshit. <laughs> it's 190 million pounds of beef. He does not yeah. get three points for that. Why not? She makes, she makes Sean rules. with seven points. <laughs> this is so stupid. I hate this. Sean takes the win. Okay. Sudden death. Sudden death. Sudden death. Whoever gets Sudden this. Sudden death dodgeball. Whoever gets this question correct. I win. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with a hot dog. <laughs> it's very Fourth of July. <laughs> How many U.S. presidents have died on the Fourth of July? Ooh, America two. Boom four. Boom three. That is correct. <laughs> See, Sean wins. You didn't say we were right or wrong. You just went. <laughs> well, well, you guys. She didn't you say said, we were right. You said two, and he had four. I couldn't say higher or lower. You could just say incorrect, incorrect. It's okay. Sean wins. I told. I said it was sudden death, Eric. You just had to get it right. Since uh, when? Is, whatever. And, yeah. Eric, it's just because he looks sadder. Does he? he loses. Does he? Yeah, you do. You, you look sadder when you lose. Are you sure? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> his he, face is really red right now. I'm befuddled. so mad. I guess mad doesn't count as sad. What happened to David Gruber's hair? <laughs> anyway. Well, he looks like the guy Wisconsin. from Storage remember, remember the guy from Storage Wars? Yes. Barry? Yes. He's from yeah. Wisconsin. We can talk about Groob. That's true. 
<laughs> that hot dog's going to come across the table. It's got re- ketchup, <laughs> mustard, and relish on it. Hey, I I caught that at a um, Timber Rattlers game. Timber the Rattlers sure or Utter Tuggers? Timber Rattlers. But that was the sure hit, or sure make, sure hit man. Yeah. Yeah, that was, what was his name on Sunday? Joe Gray Jr. Jr. He almost hit for the cycle. Almost there, yeah. Just Shut missed up. out. He was close. All right, Sean. So that is the nonsense part of this show. Yeah, um, just because I won? Yeah, it is because you won. Uh, which leads us into the world of sports. And as we always do, uh, we can go around the state of Wisconsin. We can start down south if you want. We can start up here if you want. Where, where do you want to start? Don't matter to me. All right, let's start down in Milwaukee. We'll start with the Bucks. Uh, NBA draft took place late last week. Bucks did have two picks after a trade with the Magic. A couple, of, I, I think, really solid picks uh, were made by the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and an undrafted guy, too. And an undrafted. So we'll get to that here. So the Bucks did start off with Andre Jackson from UConn, uh, part of the, I believe it was part of the all Final Four team. Um, had an incredible Final Four in that NCAA tournament run with UConn. And was a very productive player, I believe, as a starter. Averaged about 6.8 or six points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and a steal. Um, as of right now, it looks like he's most like because both these picks are in the second round, so it's not like you're getting a, you know, they're not they're not bringing home Victor Webinyama, right? But uh, likely to be a two-way player for the Bucks next season. <clears throat> really, what took away for me on his watching his highlight tapes, just how explosive he plays. Um, not a prolific scorer by any means, but has a just a great nose for the game. Um, incredible athlete. That, that's the, He's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He can streak the floor. He can slam it down with the best. His passing is unbelievable. His defense is unbelievable. Because um, was this when the pro comp was DiVincenzo? Yes. A lot like Dante DiVincenzo. I believe he, I think DiVincenzo is a little bit of a better shooter. Um, but all in all, it was just a really solid pick. Mm-hmm. Again, a guy that if you have him on that two-way contract, you're not going to be upset. Right. Uh, the other pick ended up being Mr. Relevant of the NBA draft with their two rounds that they do. Uh, this was a pick out of Kentucky, Chris Livingston. Uh, didn't really have a standout season in his one year at Kentucky, so a one and done. Um, some, a lot of people saying he had declared too early. But really, kind of, so the interesting thing with him so his agent is Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, of the LeBron group. Yep. Yep. And as of, I think, about like the 40th pick, he was, his agent was already telling people not to pick him because he's not going to play for him mm-hmm. um, because he had something in line. Right. So one of two things was either. The Bucks didn't listen, which I don't think is the case. I think this was the situation that they had lined up where he was either going to be the first player signed immediately after the draft, right? Or the Bucks are going to take him at fifty-six. Um, ends up being the latter. Bucks take him at fifty-six, and just a very solid athlete. Um, again, kind of looking at what he brings. Very raw, big frame, uh, great ball handler. And he's a score-first type player. He's a shot creator, a primary playmaker, strong defensively. Uh, again, likely probably going to be on a two-way type contract. And then I think one of the more intriguing 
pickups was the unsigned drafted uh, undrafted free agent uh, in Drew Timmy. Right. Of That's Gonzaga. the one I like the most. Um, and with how the Bucks go and how the NBA has gone, you know, a lot of teams going away from the traditional big man, uh, Drew Timmy, again, you know, again, every if you've watched a Gonzaga game or an NCAA tournament game, you've probably seen his face. Yep. Is an intriguing fit for the Bucks. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't get drafted prior yeah. to this point. And, and wasn't didn't the Naismith Player of the Year not even get drafted this year too? Yeah, that was a thing. Like four of the like, like top, the top four top, players yeah. from the college season did not end up getting drafted. Um, one of the most prolific passers of the college basketball world, best low post scorer. Again, just kind of a traditional center. Uh, does have some range that he showed off at the draft combine back in May, and I just feel like he could be a solid, solid guy for them. His pro comp is Brook Lopez. So right. the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks, to their credit, did a lot of work getting guys that they're very familiar with in a similar type system. Obviously, a brand new head coach, so you do have a little bit of a change in philosophy, but you got guys whose pro comps are very similar to what you've had in the building within the last three years. Yep. With championship pedigree in Gonzaga, who's played in the big game but didn't win. Uh, UConn, who did win the championship this year. Um, so a lot of championship pedigree with a championship-type team, a win-now type team. Um, kind of all across the board, I, I liked all three pickups. The summer league will actually be kind of watchable. Right. Uh, so I'm very curious on how that all plays out. Uh, other Bucks news, really, I think that was about the extent of it. Again, like I said, Summer League coming up. Uh, oh, got to talk about this. So NBA free agency coming up, and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, I believe, both opted out of their current contracts. Mm-hmm. Now, the most likely situation for both of them is that they're going to re-sign on a more team-friendly deal, right. give them a little bit of room to breathe with, because even though they're off the books and opted out, there's something to the effect with how their contract was, and I, I don't know if it's a dead cap, but basically if the Bucks don't bring them back, they can't do anything either. Yeah. So, And we've, we've seen that a lot this NBA offseason, is guys like Draymond Green mm-hmm. opting out of their current contract and then going to go sign a new one. Yep. Um, or expected to yep. sign a new one. I don't see why Draymond would go anywhere, but who knows? I don't either. Who knows with him? But it is going to be a very interesting NBA offseason. Um, very curious on what the Bucks end up doing. You know, we're kind of a little too early to speculate as of right now. Bucks kind of be tossed around for some names, but not not obviously the big ones like Dame Lillard is probably not going to be in Milwaukee. No. Uh, as intriguing as that would be. I don't know if I'd like that fit, personally speaking, but it's intriguing to kind of, you know, at least, I always look at it this way at the Bucks. at least you're in the conversation. Right. I mean... I think a team like that is always going to be in the conversation for, you know, any anybody like that. So, um, Bucks apparently had been in on John Collins prior to him being traded. And really, again, just kind of looking back at... What the Bucks can do, what they expect, what they're expected to do. Um, really, I, I, again, I think there is moves to make for them. 
Uh, taking a look at the Bleach, at Bleach Report here, um, just kind of looking at what they're expecting for the Bucks offseason premiere or preview. Uh, just kind of some of these talking points that they have here. Um, so they're at a crossroads with Middleton, as we kind of talked about, as to do they bring him back? What do they end up doing? Um, as of right now, you're starting five, as is right now. You'd go Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, uh, Giannis, and then Bobby Portis. Um, so it really is interesting. I think that, you know, kind of looking at that, um, the Middleton situation, and also, again, like I said, I think the other interesting thing is, do you look at trading like a Grayson Allen or even a Marjan Bochamp and making a move or like combining, you know, do you bring back Middleton to trade him? Right. Um, Which is a very good possibility too. I think Grayson Allen's name, he's going to hear that a lot this off season. We're going to hear a lot of him being shopped around. I could even see Pat Connaughton too. I think you have to keep one of them. Right. You got to keep one, but it, I'm not sure one which of, one I'd rather have. I think Connaughton. I think Connaughton's more explosive. Yeah, I, I like I said. I mean, I can make an argument either way. I think, I think Pat Connaughton's got the NBA championship pedigree. Just again, because he played on the championship team in twenty twenty one. I could also see it being a case where they want to go with a little bit of a younger option, a more you know, a more prolific scorer, more steady scoring. Grayson Allen. Um, the problem I think we have right now is yes, we know what the Bucks front office would do. We don't really know what Adrian Griffin's going to do with these right. two. Right. Um, had they, you know, and I'm not saying they should have kept Budenholzer because, again, I think he was on borrowed time the way it was. I said that a couple weeks ago. But I think when you look at what they would have done under the Budenholzer area, if you're going to keep two, you're probably keeping Pat Connaughton because he's more dynamic defensively. Where I, and Grayson is not a bad defender either. No. That's not taking away from him at all. It's just you look at who is who is more steady and who you can kind of survive on. You know their typical eight to twelve points. Right. And you look. I think with a player like that, you're not looking at how high the ceiling can be because I would say Grayson Allen has a higher ceiling, but I would I, I would say that Pat Conson's floor is higher as well. I w- I would also say defense is probably more what you need than an offensive scorer for this team. Yeah, I, I, I mean, feel, I feel like it you, depend, well, it depends on what you're doing with Chris Middleton. True. Yeah. Because so Drew Holiday is a consistent scorer. He's a good, not great shooter, incredible defender. Giannis can get to the brim, not a great shooter. Uh, Chris Middleton, who may or may not be on the team, good shooter, not a score first type player. I mean, he's a score first type player, but he can't create his own shot usually. Right. Uh, depending on what you do with Brooke Lopez, I could very much see him not coming back just because of, you know, I think he wants to get paid, or I think he could get paid somewhere, not that he wants to. Um, Bobby Portis is your your center, a, a good, not great scorer. Um, and then, again, so it, it really depends on the makeup of the team in a couple weeks or a week or so. But I could very much foresee it being a situation where Maybe you do need the scoring more. I, we'll yeah. see. We'll so, see. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks here. 
that is essentially the end of, of Bucks talk as it stands right now. We just kind of look at options as free agency is about to start within a couple of weeks. So buckle up. Right. Huh, I see what you did there. Thanks. Um, <laughs> staying in Milwaukee, we've got the Milwaukee Brewers on TV right now who are struggling. They're struggling tonight, but despite all odds, and even after a brief finish or stint in second place, after last night's games, are still remaining to be first place in the NL Central uh, by about a half a game. So it really has been a odd season for the Brewers. We continue to talk about that. You know, really a lot of the same themes keep going, though. The can't even throw it back to the pitcher. The team has survived injury. The team has kept afloat for lack of better. Well, actually, I think that's that's perfect that's, term. That, yeah, that's they've kept afloat. They've had journeyman pitchers. They've had, in um, that being Colin Ray, who got another win last night. What do you got, Sean? Nothing. Just mm-hmm. you, you just said some keep afloat, and it made me laugh with everything going on. Oh. <laughs> Well, that already <laughs> happened, Sean. I know. We'll talk about that a little later. I know. Um, but so, we, we talked about it in the pre-show meeting. and <laughs> So the, <laughs> the Brewers have kept afloat. Uh, Colin Ray has been surprisingly good. Same with Julio Tehran, except for tonight. But. Yep. Um, which, I mean, the Mets, the Mets, while being disappointing, have a lot of firepower in that offense. A game like this is going to happen every once in a while. But the Brewers are getting it done with Julio Tehran and and Adrian Hauser and just a weird collection of starting pitching. The bullpen has been incredible. Yep. You know, knock on wood, that continues. Uh, Devin Williams does have a blunt say. That's gone, isn't it? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, why not? Former Brewer, old friend Daniel Vogelbach hitting a Vogel bomb on Julio Tehran. It's 7 nothing here in... New York tonight, but aside from tonight's game and some of the slump, the Brewers in their last 10 prior to this game had been 7-3. and three. Um, Again, like I said, staying afloat with the, NL, or with the NL Central, which has been a lot of teams challenging, but no one really taking control. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds coming off of 12 straight wins have lost three straight. And just real quick while talking about them, I uh, do got to shout out L.A. De La Cruz in his 15th game in the pros hit for the cycle. Yep. Um, he was close to doing it in his debut as well. So a phenomenal athlete to watch. Um, it's been really fun to kind of see him as well. But looking back to the Brewers, very patchwork team, solid bullpen, really good defensively, and just kind of hoping the bats stay consistent and the starting pitching comes back to where it should be. I am beyond baffled as to what they're going to do come the end of July with trade deadline talks. I mean, I don't think this is a World Series caliber team, but again, with the the bullpen being how it is, the starting pitching, if they can get Woodruff back healthy, which he's been throwing for a couple weeks now, um, hoping to have him coming back either right before the All-Star break or just after, that'd be a huge... you trade one of those guys? Earlier this season, the Brewers had gone on record that saying that they're not going to do that in the middle of the season. They also said that with Hader, though, too. I don't know if they did say that, though. But 
it also, while you're saying that, though, is the track record would in- indicate that they aren't afraid to do that. Right. Um, or, do you, or do they go get another? Do you get another starting pitcher? Do you get another bullpen arm? Do you get a bat? Which they've been kind of having a, a patchwork of guys come through. Um, kind of, you know, a rotating, really a rotating wheel of, of different bats. Really, Christian Yelich and Brian Anderson have been the only guys who have been pretty much everyday guys. Owen Miller right. has stepped up incredibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back down to earth a little bit since the last time we recorded, but still very consistent. Still batting about 280 on the year. Um, you know, really, if you're going to contend and hope to be, you know, the team that you want to be, Yelich is still hitting about 270, which you'll take. Right. Owen Miller's at 284. Willie Adamas, I think, needs to pick up the average. He's at 205. Luis Urias has been nothing short of awful since being healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Weimer, he's a rookie. He's playing like a rookie. He's been solid in spots, though. He has been. He's very streaky. Again, he's very streaky. He's guys kind of figuring him out, and then he goes on a hot run himself. And then right. he'll kind of work on that. So that gives you a lot of promise. Um, but you have guys like Blake Perkins and Monasterio, who nothing against them, but you know they're not on the top prospect list by any means. They're not guys that you had kind of expected to contribute this year or even be on the big league roster at any point this year. Right. But at the same time, you look at you know where the team is as a whole. Um. Jesse Winker has been a little, I would say, more than a little bit disappointing this year. Only one home run for him, only hitting a buck ninety four. Uh, I, I want to say an excellent pickup, I think, in Romeo Tapia, coming from Boston, also most probably known as a Colorado Rocky. Uh, Victor Caratini has been nothing short of solid as a backup catcher, and Rowdy Telez is actually having a little bit of a slouching year for. Um, his average, he's a very good hitter. Hasn't hit a home run in about a month. So just, again, you're kind of hoping for consistency, but kind of one of those where it is what it is, and you just kind of got to survive. But I really can't think of where, what, you know, what bat would you go get either? There's not like a, a one spot no, that really I can isn't. think of, of to add unless you were to DFA Winker and maybe get just an everyday DH. Maybe. But who, even even then, who would you really go get? I got nothing. Unless unless they're looking inward, because um, we talk about self Freilich. Um, you know, I know Bryce Terang got sent back down to AAA to kind of th- figure things back out because he was slumping a little bit. Mm-hmm. Very quietly with a – I believe he had a 10-game hit streak as of Friday. Um, I don't know if that's still intact, but – had had a 10-game hitting streak and kind of working his way back at the plate that way. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of options. Right. And while we're talking about the, the prospects, the Milwaukee Brewers do have three prospects in the top 100 of the, uh, of the top 100 baseball prospects. So with that in mind, just kind of a quick note on a couple of these guys. So we do know... Um, we've talked about him at length, Jackson Chirio, who is the number three over prospect in all of baseball. Um, not much needs to be said about him. No, nope. 
he's a dynamic player to watch, to just experience. I believe he's at double-digit home runs in double-A this year, so that's been nothing short of exciting. So you think we have an injury he gets called up? I don't know. I think it's really going to depend on where the team is at come late August, September. Okay. I think they'd probably look to South Fralick first. I think so. Uh, just because of the service time and the fact that Churia uh, is only eight, he's still only eighteen years old. Like he won't he won't turn nineteen till the end of the season. So he remains the only eighteen year old in Double A. Gotcha. Um, so I think you try to kind of work out everything there, but it would be an intriguing thing if you know come September if the Brewers were to kind of falter or. So maybe like a September call-up? Yeah, but uh, maybe. Either way, um, like I said, I think South Fralick would come first, but who knows? Who knows? Injuries could screw up a lot of things. That is also true. Um, who's, who's this guy? I've never this seen is this guy Monasterio. Before. Monasterio. So is he, is he another prospect, too, that we were, were we just talking about him? We briefly mentioned him, but we briefly. did not... Uh, we did not mention – we talked about him being, like, a contributor. He hit his first career home run this year, so, but not one that we had expected. Mm, okay. uh, also, options for what it's worth in AAA right now. You're kind of looking at the outfield because we're talking about – yeah, that's about right. What? Um, some of the outfield options that could be called up barring injury. Uh, Sal Freilich, who – is still awaiting his major league debut, had been kind of talked about in spring training a lot. Uh, Monte Harrison, who has MLB experience, was drafted by the Brewers initially, part of the Christian Yelich trade, and then worked his way back to Milwaukee. Uh, Tyler Naquin, former big leaguer who's played around. Uh, Michael Reed, who has also had some MLB experience, very brief, I believe, but still some. Uh, Looking at the infield, plenty of options here. So just looking at AAA, Mike Brasso is in AAA, part of the 40-man roster, so it could be called up depending on injury. Yeah, it could, um, be, could be called up at any time then, right? Correct. As is Abraham Toro and Bryce Terang, who I would expect to probably come back at some point this season, barring, again, unless Monasterio or or Urias really kick into gear, whatever the situation would be. Ooh, but that's embarrassing. Yeah, that was not great. Um and then just kind of look at the pitching staff, guys who I think are very exciting. Uh, obviously, we all know about Ethan Small. He is injured currently. Abner Uribe is one of the top prospects. Also, kind of looking at Jansen Junk, Robert Gasser, all with kind of knocking on that door of MLB debuts or Brewers debuts. So, very exciting time for the Brewers farm system. Uh, as mentioned, as I had said, the Brewers did have three representatives on the top 100. Jackson Chirillo, uh kind of headlining that list. Also in the mix of things was Jefferson Cuero, who is a catcher, uh, played for the Timber Rattlers for a good chunk of last year prior to um, getting called up to A. He has been named to the Futures game as well. As Trio, and then the next person we're going to talk about is 93rd prospect, fourth in the Brewer system, uh, Jacob Mizoroski, who we got to see on Saturday. Um, 
six foot eight. Yeah. He didn't look that tall, though. He did not from the bullpen area, but when he was on the mound, he looked every bit that six eight. Yep. Uh, absolute gas, and his arm hit a hundred multiple times. I want to ask you, Sean, because we don't have a chance to talk about it. What was your takeaways from uh, Mizorowski's? I think he pitched two and two thirds or four and a third. No, he was like an inning and two thirds. He didn't pitch very long. Regardless. Uh, your takeaways from two and two-thirds is what he did. Two, two and two-thirds. Two and two-thirds? I was going to say, I know he didn't go four. Yeah, you're right. It was two and two-thirds of in, in the rain. Not that that makes a huge deal, but right. worth mentioning. It, it, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to judge it in the rain. But electric arm, it's kind of, kind of tough to tell from right field what, what the ball was doing moving, move, movement-wise, but... right. I will, I will add in this as well. Uh, he did go from 100 at the fastball uh, with the bender of about 86, 85. Yeah. So good luck hitting that if you're a batter. Uh, one of the downsides of throwing that fast is that if the guy gets contact, it's going to go further. Um, but and, regardless... And- we don't know control-wise either because I'm pretty sure he walked a few guys too. He did have a few walks. Again, you, you almost kind of chalk that up to rain, but you kind of got to... You got to play play with what you got though too. Right. Uh, I forgot South Raleigh is in the top 100 as well. He's at 19. No. Um, so four in the top 100 for the Brewers, including Mizorowski, who we got to see pitch this weekend. Um yeah, I mean, we got there's two of the top ten prospects we're playing for the Tim Rattlers this weekend. Uh, we also got to see Eric Brown Jr. play, who he's a very typical leadoff hitting shortstop. Yep. He is exactly what you draw up. Fast as hell. Hits for average, not a lot of pop. Hits, you know, shoots the gaps. Um, good for a double or triple. Yep. At any given moment. Um Hustles ass, you know, hauls ass down the baseline. Really, all you can ask. Smooth with the glove too. Very smooth with the glove. That is a huge takeaway uh, from him as well. So, really, like I said, just a very exciting time to be a Brewers fan. Um, not that we're going to see many of these guys this year, because a lot of these guys are in that younger side of being a prospect. But again, some if wheels come guys, off, some, some injuries these, happen. Or these guys could be pieces to get bigger, bigger guys too. I mean. Well, I'm, I'm going to go on record saying I don't think any of, well, Sal Frelick might be a little expendable, but maybe Eric Brown, depending. But I, don't, I also don't think the Brewers are in that much of a position to go by where they have to give up a top no, I don't 10 organizational so prospect. Um, I'm going to say I'm expecting Jackson Chirio is on a do-not-touch list. Right, 100%. And but, I, w- I would also say your number one pitching prospect, too. Mizrowski. Yeah. So uh, I would agree with you on that. Um, well, is, it, is it just me or do the Brewers never really have like top pitching prospects? You know, it's really interesting you mentioned that because you look at the guys who've come up the last few years. Corbin Burns was a, I believe he was a top 30 guy, but he wasn't like a top 10 in the organization right. at any point. But he's also, you know, he's a Cy Young winner now and and everything that goes with that. Hater was kind of that same... I think as a prospect, he was kind of the 14, 15 range. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Freddie Peralta, same thing. Devin Williams, same thing. Devin Williams was a starter right. at one point when he played with the Tim Rattlers uh, a few years back. Uh, or, do, or do you think that just, like, what do I want to say? Position player prospects are ranked higher than pitching prospects. I think there's something to that where position players are easier to translate across the game where pitchers, I mean, you know, you look at Mizorowski, for example, he is so raw. You really don't know what his role will be at any point. Right. I mean, he was, he started on, on Sunday when we went, but at the same time, you know, when you look at, you know, Shauna had mentioned when you look at that arm, does he have the stamina to be a starter? Are you looking at a bullpen type guy, you know, single A or even high A for that matter, where the Timber Rattlers are now, yes, you're trying to win games, but you're also trying to get stats out and be in different situations and, and make situations. Um, so maybe as he kind of progresses through the organization, maybe that leash will get a little bit longer on the start. Obviously, the rain didn't help either with yeah. the two and two-thirds that he ended up pitching on Sunday. Um but, I mean, as a whole, you kind of look at, like I said, Devin Williams was a starter at one point. I think Josh Hader was a starter at one point in the minors. I think you kind of get your best arms. And, yes, again, like I said, you're trying to win. But it's not the main thing at the end of the day either. Right. You're just kind of looking for, you know, kind of how the correct council method a few years back where you have an opener, right. not a true starter. Yep. Um, so I think there's part of that as being a pitching prospect. I think... You know, especially in in high A and single A and even double A, the pitcher has such a marked advantage over the hitter. But I think at the same time, like I said, I think hitting is just, it's much easier to kind of translate. Because a guy who can hit for power can hit for power basically at any point. Right, exactly. I mean, the mechanics are always there. Pitching, you really develop. Uh, and I think I was going to say that too, especially for the Brewers' sake. I think there is something to the Brewers pitching lab and and the Brewers farm system and in process of getting guys pro ready where those mechanics and just the development of a pitcher gets into a whole different level within the minor league baseball system. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. So, all in all, uh, very interesting Kind of, as we kind of sit to watch, you know, Brewers in the bullpen now. But, again, the bullpen's been very solid yep. to this point. And, again, you look at, like I said, you look at guys like Josh Hader, who at the time the Brewers acquired him, he was a second, uh, I think he was a double-A prospect. Um, you look at Corbin Burns, who came up through the entire Brewers organization. Brandon Woodruff, who was acquired and had basically worked his way up through the whole thing. Uh, Devin Williams, who came up through the whole thing. There's plenty of guys that you look at who come up but aren't on that top radar. Even guys like an Ethan Small who kind of hovers around that 10 in the organization, but he's basically your next man up. Right. Um, you look at Abner Uribe, who I think is like the ninth prospect. But And then as you, you, know, you kind of build up your organization and you – go through the draft, again, kind of the whole thing where your pitchers graduate quicker too. Uh-huh. Because if a guy can throw 100, he can throw 100 right. at the major league level too. Right. 
So they graduate up through the rankings further to us. So I think there's something to that. Anyway, uh, staying with the sport of baseball, but m moving off the Milwaukee Brewers, who are still struggling tonight, 7-0 uh, to the Mets in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, let's take a look around the Northwoods League, as we typically do. Uh, starting here close to home, we look at the Green or the Great Lakes West, featured and led by the Green Bay Rockers at 17-12. Uh, tied with them for first, we've got the Wausau Woodchucks, the Madison Mallards at 15-13, the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters 15-13, the Lakeshore Chinooks 11-17, and bringing up the tail end of this division, the Fond du Lac Docks Bears at 9-20. Ooh. Uh, rough start for the Dock Spiders. Rough start for the Dock Spiders is correct. Uh, taking a look at the Great Lakes East, it is the... Traverse City Pit Spitters at 18 and 10. The Rockford Rivets at 18 and 11. Kalamazoo Growlers 15 and 13. Kenosha Kingfish 14 and 14. The Kokomo Jackrabbits 12 and 16. The Battle Creek Battle Jacks at 9 and 19. Going to the Great Plains League, you've got the Thunder Bay Border Cats 15 and 10. Eclair Express 15 and 12. Duluth Huskies 14 and 12. Uh, Rochester Honkers 15 and 13. Lacrosse Loggers 10 and 18. And the Waterloo Bucks at 10 and 18. And then we don't talk about the Great Plains West because there's no Wisconsin teams. Right. Um, have not gotten to a game yet for the Northwoods League. That is on the dock at some point this season. Um, as of right now, maybe Sean doesn't know this yet, but I'm kind of thinking July 13th might be that game. July 13th. Why July 13th? Well, it's always fun to do something. You know, you can kind of put, say, oh, yeah, you're to the wedding. So. Uh, gotcha. That's that's the only game, the only team that's at home that night, mm. uh, around the area. So that's more than likely going to be, if we go do something, a little date night, a little Thursday night date night. Nice. Um, so that is probably it's, th it's a Thursday. Well, it's a Thursday this year because leap year next year. Uh, okay. Well, Saturday. I'm, I'm like usually, usually year would be Friday, right? But okay. But anyway, so that is. Still to be determined, to be discussed, all the fun stuff with that. Podcast podcast from the <laughs> from Green Bay, Green Bay Rockers Stadium. I'm not saying no. Brian, if you're listening, or Tony G, if you're listening, let us know how we can set up. We'd love to. We'll even do it in the parking lot. Just kidding. We don't have a parking lot. Oh, a true parking lot. They kind of do, but they don't. Um, well, get us front row parking, and we'd figure it out. We can bring a generator. Yeah, generator and a table. Yeah, we'll figure it. We'll figure it out. You you let us know how we got to do it. We'll figure it out. Um, staying in just real quick, looking at the Timber Rattlers, the first half of the season did come to an official end on Thursday of last week. Uh, the record does stay the same. Rattlers are at twenty eight and thirty nine on the season. Um, I believe they are two and two in the second half here. Or two and one in the second half. Oh, so right in the middle of things once again. Um, team has been playing significantly better, both record-wise and just you know having seen them at the very beginning of the season compared to now. A lot more consistent offensively, uh, kind of shoring up the defense a little bit as well. So taking a look at them there, and then down to the south in the second half standings, the Beloit. Skycarp are at one and two on the season, uh, or in the second half of the season. But uh, overall, I'm trying to 
find what their total has been. Uh, but it is being just complicated on the app here. But not that important because we no. don't talk about them anyway. Yeah. But uh, one and two for them on the second half of the season as well. So that is our look at baseball right now. Again, I, I do hope to get out to a Rockers game. Yep, I hope so. I want to try to get to one too. Uh, always fun time at the ballpark, no matter where you are. Uh, shout out to Tony G, the PA guy. You've heard him on our show before. Um I'm assuming doing a great job. Also, for those of you who don't know, and I didn't know this till this weekend, Northwoods Games Leagues, or Northwoods League Games, tried to be too quick, are on ESPN Plus. So have been trying to watch those as, as they come along as well. But Which with... They're up 2-1 right now in the bottom of six? The Tim Rattlers are up. Or are they winning 2-1? Yeah, that was GB. Oh. Nice. It's so, the NWL, Northwest League. Nice. Good for you paying attention. Right. About time, right? Yeah, something's going <laughs> to happen. So, nor, uh, be sure to get out for a game. Plenty of opportunities. I believe they have a po- pregame concert every night, too, as part of being the Rockers. Oh, really? Nice. Um, trying to look at if I can find... Any good promotions coming up? I'm looking at that as well. Uh, so, if we start with the pregame concert series, everyone, it does say every game has one. Um, the night of the 13th, if that does end up being the night that Sean and I would go, would be the new dueling piano night, as they make a couple appearances throughout. Um, looking at the upcoming nights as we record, next one would be the 30th, which would be Carbon Road. The fourth would be the Third Wheels, uh, 7-6, new dueling pianos, 7-9, Jeremiah James Band, 7-13, new dueling pianos. Uh, seven fourteen spark spark bang, seven fifteen <laughs> a to be determined polka band. Nice. Um, seven sixteen audio chonk, chonk. Uh, seven twenty two almost normal. Seven twenty three the Cougars. Seven twenty seven the new dueling pianos return. Um, seven twenty eight conscious pilot. Seven twenty nine unity. Seven thirty all in. Eight two Amelia Ford. 8-5, Warden. 8-6, Fire on High Unplugged. 8-7, Hannah Rose. 8-8, eight, eight, Mark Croft. And then to wrap everything up, 8-10, The New Dueling Pianos. Oh, I thought you were going to say, oh, gosh, what's what's the old rocker? Rocker. I, I was thinking rocker <laughs> was going to be in there somewhere. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Uh, rocker so at the Rockers. That is a missed opportunity right? if that's the case. But um, they might be too old to be past their bedtime. <laughs> Four o'clock for a six thirty game. They have to have the pregame concert. That is past their bedtime. Yeah. Uh, upcoming promotions for the Rockers. Looking at that, uh, free hot dog Monday was yesterday. Uh, Post game fireworks on the thirtieth. Military Appreciation Day on the twenty fourth, as well as the Bat Dog and Thirsty Thursday, uh, July sixth. Uh, on July 9th, looks like a sunglasses giveaway to the first five hundred fans. Uh, Thursday the 13th would be a Bud Light night. Nice. $2 Bud? Uh, $4.24 ounce tap beers through the fifth inning. $4. Still not bad. Through the uh, fourth inning? Fifth inning. Oh, fifth inning. Um, for Dem- Dean, Demes- Dean distributing domestic and craft pours. So kind of hedging bets. Uh, the 14th, which would be Friday post-game fireworks. The 15th, Polish Heritage Night with Jersey Auction. 
Uh, 20, the 16th, a beer bat giveaway. Uh, the 22nd, 80s night with a costume contest pregame. See, that'd be perfect for Rocker. It would be. They, they got a lot of missed opportunities. Can, can, we, can we do the um, promotionals next year? Yeah, promotionals next year? We should. Um, Reach couple, out. A couple other ones. July 29th, Hawaiian night with the jersey auction. The 30th, they've got vintage Rocker's bobblehead giveaway. Nice. Uh, August 2nd, Wolf Wednesday. Bring your bark at the park, a lot of people call it. Uh, August 5th, Midwest Nice Night. I oh. don't know what that means. Charlie Barron's is showing up. Probably. Um, don't want to give anything away. I don't right. know if that's the case or not. That is not official from the Rockers. That is speculation <laughs> at best. Um, oh. August 6th, Rockers Jersey Lunch Bag Giveaway. August 8th, two-for-one tickets. And then Fan Appreciation Night to wrap up the year, August 10th. Uh, Thursday, Thursday as well. Mischief and Magic Balloon Artists and Face Painting. That's a lot of the Friday and Thursday night games. Uh, and I'd be remiss if I did not mention Monday, August 7th. Free hot dog Mondays. Free hot dogs from when gates open for, at 5.35 for 90 minutes. Sweet. So for the first so half can, hour you, of the game. You can just go and get as many hot dogs as you want? I don't know. We might have to have Brian on and talk about that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd or be Tony a good, G. Qu- good question. These are great questions. Um, so that, that might be, so so that would be the perfect time to do your hot dog and beer. You're onto something here, right? So that is the world of baseball. Uh, staying here in Green Bay, uh, the Green Bay Blizzard did drop a close game over the weekend, out in I believe they were in Sioux Falls over the weekend. Uh, fall to six and six on the year, lost on a. Failed two-point conversion to tie the game. Oh, rough um, one. Would have tied the game at 47-all, I believe. Yes, they were at Sioux Falls Storm. Uh, so 47-45, currently out of the playoffs. Do play again this Saturday. Again, no more home games. Three games left in the regular season. They've got the Tulsa Oilers on the first, Quad City Steam Wheelers on the eighth, and then the Tucson Sugar Skulls on the 15th. So trying to make that playoff push for the Green Bay Blizzard. Uh, most recently, because I, I think they do play each team uh, a few different times, they, this would be their first matchup against Tulsa. Uh, that Quad City Steam Wheelers game would be the eighth. Most recently, Green Bay did beat them 45-38 on June 9th, which ended the home stand. Um, they did play previously to that as well in May. They lost that game 56-63. So some close games with Quad City. And then they have not played the Sugar Skulls yet either this season. Uh, so don't really have much to report on that. But 6-6 six and six on the year. Did lose most recently. 2-3 and three on the road. So got to probably get two out of those three, you'd think. I would think. To at least give you a chance. You get a chance at the playoffs. So we'll so, keep our eyes on yeah. that. And with that, Sean, just really the last kind of bit of sport part to wrap up here with um, in terms of looking around the state of Wisconsin. Uh, staying with the game of football, just real quick, Madison, uh, Wisconsin Badgers did enter the last preseason dead period. So by the time that they kind of get things going, um, we'll be around August 1st getting started, ready for that start of the season. So Badgers kind of at that last calm before the storm. Right. And then the Green Bay Packers, there's really not much to talk about for once, which I don't hate. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? 
Uh, I mean, at this point, it's all speculation. It's speculation season right now. Right. Um, Who's going to get cut? Who's going to make the roster? Some of the the only real news happening today is first round pick Luke v- Lucas Vaness did sign his rookie contract today. So congrats to him on officially being a Green Bay Packer. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it's been a pretty quiet, pretty quiet area or time. Um, again, like I said, a lot of just speculation right now. Um, some of the articles kind of just doing a quick Google search. Uh, six positions where the Packers could still add a veteran. They've got this coming from Packers Wire, uh, quarterback, some of the options, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz. Another wide receiver, uh, Jarvis Landry has been talked about a bunch being a possible Green Bay Packer. Uh, the other names, Preston Williams, Anthony Miller, Rashad Higgins. Uh, tight end, Mercedes Lewis is still floating around. Uh, you figure you'd want a third option or a fourth option. Well, a third option. I'm not calling Tyler Davis. I refuse to. <laughs> but regardless, still kind of something you're talking about where Josiah DeGuara, who's played 35 games, is your most experienced tight end, and he doesn't even really technically... I mean, he's technically a tight end, but... He's a fullback. He's a fullback, a glorified H-back. Um, so, and then defensively, defensive line, you're always looking for guys there. Yeah. Um, safety could also be kind of worth looking at, you know, somebody playing the USFL, XFL, or some of these names out there. And then kicker. Um, some names out there. Brian Sucka, or Ryan Suckup, excuse me, Zane Gonzalez, Brett Maher, and... Of course, Mason Crosby is still a free agent as of right now. So if you're not sold on the rookie, might be worth kind of looking into um, bringing back Mason for another year. Or even if you are so, maybe they kind of do the old split and punt and kick duty or kick off and field goal duty. Right. Something to that effect, too. So we will see. Um, a lot of positivity coming out of Green Bay 1265 right now. Uh, Elton Jenkins made, making headlines were saying, just kind of talking about um, that the improvement of Jordan Love is significant. And to not count the Packers out this season, uh, I think this is really the most kind of worth talking about. He said he was on record saying with NFL.com yesterday, uh, talking about how, yes, they're going to miss Aaron Rodgers' presence in the locker room. But what did he say here? Um this was the quote. Uh, when he first got in the league, talking about Jordan Love, he wasn't our starter, but the way he approached the locker room, the way he approached the game, he approached always approached every game as a starter, so we know he's a good player and ready to go on Sundays or whenever we play. In OTAs, I've seen a lot of good things from Jordan, a lot of leadership. He's stepped up as a leader a lot, so I'm very excited for his future and to play with him. Um, also, I had mentioned talking about how he just did everything right. I mean, you feel for the guy a little bit as, I mean, kind of you did with Aaron Rodgers where, when he was drafted, he was not the immediate day one starter. And you knew he wasn't going to be for a few and years. And you knew he wasn't going to be at, you know, but also could be at any given time, too, right. with how the last couple off seasons had gone. But didn't ruffle feathers, always said the quote-unquote right thing. Yep. I mean, we're at, it's kind of nice. We're, we're at that time where it's okay, we can keep talking about this. But at the same time, we are about a month away from training camp where it's going to start mattering. And definitely kind of just the fun. I said it with the Badgers. Calm before the storm. And we kind of wait. Yep. So uh, with that in mind, Sean, not really a whole lot of talk about sports-wise. Um, within the state of Wisconsin, 
Women's World Cup coming up. Um, College World Series? College World Series did just wrap up last night. What was last night? Okay. LSU National Champions for Baseball uh, with an 18-4 to win Ooh. over Florida in Ooh. Game 3. Uh, worth mentioning, I thought you'd find this fun, especially with how the last few weeks have gone. Um, for those of you who don't know, Shauna, excellent jello shot maker. Uh, there is a bar, I believe it's called Rocco's. Down at or Rocco's, out in Rocco's Mar- Modern Life. Yes, Sean. Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, so they do the Rocco's Jello Shot Challenge, where all eight teams that are in the College World Series uh, do have a kind of a tracker as to how many Jello shots they have eaten. Like the team or the fans, fans of the team. Okay. Um, LSU blew every single school out of the water. Uh, so I'll go through the schools that aren't LSU first. Just kind of reading down the board here. So the Florida Gators, who were the national runner-up, their fans ate, drank, ate, had, had, good call, uh, 4,136 jello shots at $5 a piece. Uh, most of the proceeds, I believe, go to either, I think they go to some sort of charity involved with each school. Uh, okay. I think they kind of redistribute it back to those communities that way. That makes sense. Um, TCU had 7,070. Wake Forest, 7,622. Virginia, only 872. Oral Roberts had 3,323. Stanford had 912. Tennessee had 2,207. So keep that, those numbers all in mind. Because LSU had 68,888. <laughs> so, so that's as much as all the other teams combined. And then some. Probably double. Right. Um, so shout out to the LSU Tigers for the national championship, and shout out to the LSU Tigers fans for the other national championship with the Jello shots. A um, couple of things worth talking about, Sean. I know you're a huge wrestling fan. We've got Money in the Bank coming up. Um, split up of the bloodline. Split up of the bu- bloodline. That's hard to say when you. The line. Um, I, I guess. Have you seen any of it? Have you been watching any of it? Just kind of uh, paying attention. Just, just kind of seeing clips here and there, and. I, well, my my main thing I'm I'm into now is Finn Balor against Seth Rollins. I've 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 wanted this for a long time ever since what was that 2015 or was it 2016 when Finn Balor won the first Universal Championship yeah. and had to drop it the next night. That has been it, it is a very intriguing story. Um, and then also just while we're talking about the pay per view itself. Uh, Money in the Bank, the ladder match for the any possible championship. They kind of oh, expanded it. Any possible championship? Yeah, they've expanded I don't disagree with you, but uh, they did expand it coming so, off of... So, like, if the women women's one, can they go for a guy's title? I mean, I'm not going to say no. I'm assuming not, but... Well, that'd be dumb. Um, so women only have, what? The tag titles and... Three show? Three titles? Yeah. Or if you count NXT. So, and they combine the NXT and, and regular tag team belt now. Right. Um, but also, like I mean, just kind of focusing on the namesake of the show, uh, Money in the Bank, the ladder match, where it's good for a championship opportunity within one year to cash in at any point. Um, some bigger names in it this year. I think it was a kind of looked at as a weak field initially, but kind of a fun, when you look at... The possibilities, a lot of mid card guys who could come in and uh, get a, you know get a 
mid cart, one of those, you know, the, the U.S. or Intercontinental Championship could be in play. The new WWE Championship could be in play. Um, or even, I mean, it's with the ladder match and the Usos all being in the um, the Civil Bloodline Civil War. I don't think we're going to see that Universal Belt. I think that's going to come down to depending on how they feel about Cody or either Jay or Jimmy kind of getting that shot still. Um, I don't foresee anybody and, else winning that. And Orton's coming back, too. Is, True. Is, an, is another thing that I've seen, too. Um, I think they got to give it to L.A. Knight. I, that's that's my call to win Money in the Bank is L.A. Knight. Really? Yep. That is a solid pick. I want to be on record saying I think L.A. Knight is probably the best of the current field. Um, because if we're talking about like a major, right. like the world championship players, they they're comparing LA Knight right now to Daniel Bryan when it was a, the yes movement. So just, just real quick, I want to go over the field real quick. So, okay. sorry. um, in the men's money, in the bank match, LA Knight, Butch, Santos, Escobar, Ricochet, Shinsuke, Nakamura, Damian Priest, Logan Paul. Really? I think there's two guys in here. I can't foresee winning. Um, that being Butch and Santos Escobar. Um, L.A. Knight, explosive on the mic, great in-ring talent. Like you said, kind of like the yes movement. Mm-hmm. Um, He's going to make himself into a star. I just, I don't see him, I'd see him going more after the Seth Rollins belt. I can't foresee him being a realistic option to go after Roman, to dethrone him. Why not? I just, I, I can't foresee it. I, 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 there's probably a path there, and I guess Money in the Bank probably would be the perfect way to do it. Roman's going to lose the title before the cash-in would be. You think so? Yeah. I think he's going to lo- lose it. SummerSlam? Prob- yeah, I'm thinking SummerSlam. I don't think they'll let him lose it on anything but that. Or it's going to be a Saudi show. That could be, too. Um, but looking at the rest of this, this field, uh, Logan Paul is always going to be... Which is with the namesake and yeah. the the outside presence he brings, always a threat to any given match. Um, I feel like his WrestleMania match next year should be against Ricochet. I think that would be an amazing match between those. That'd two. That'd be a very, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. That would be a very AEW high spot type match. Right. Um, I think Ricochet deserves to have a run at some point at of something. <laughs> Um, I think WWE's not done nothing but drop the ball with him since being called to the main roster. Um, I could see Shinsuke Nakamura making one more push. Um, but again, I, all these guys I'm naming, I could only see them going after the Raw title or the, the WWE title uh-huh. or whatever. Yep. I don't even know the name of it. World Heavyweight title. That is what they're calling it? Yep. WWE World Heavyweight title. Okay. Or her World I'm, Heavyweight I'm just gonna call, Championship. I'm just going to use uh, the Seth Rollins belt. Yeah, heavyweight belt. So, I, I none of these guys other than maybe Logan Paul, I could see. LA Knight, maybe. But the rest of these guys, I think, would be a great contender for that Seth Rollins title. Um, I would be really interesting. I think, I think there is a potential path. To have Finn Balor beat Seth Rollins and Damian Priest win Money in the Bank. And then you can kind of break up Judgment Day if you want to go that route. Do you want to break up Judgment Day, though? I don't think you want to do that at this moment. I do and I don't. Because I I think, I mean, Finn Balor is always going to be over. Right. 
I don't think there's a real path for Damian Priest to really do anything else because it's not like he's doing a title or a tag title. He's no. not going after a tag team championship with Dom. Dom's over enough as a heel just being Dom. Which, Rhea, which makes absolutely no sense, but... Rhea's always going to be over. Yep. And oddly enough is kind of a face but kind of a heel. Yeah, she's, she's kind of in that, that weird middle ground. So I, I don't know if there's a place for the Judgment Day with Damian Priest other than other than like a mid-card belt. But I, yeah. I don't think they're the type of like, they're not like the bloodline where they're going to hold all, all the belts. Yeah. So I, 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 could, I could see him, like you said, breaking up and I guess Damian Priest going back to NXT like what Baron Corbin just did. Yeah, that too. And, and there's, just, that's not a knock against him. No, it's, just, it's not a knock against anything. I, I think WWE would benefit a lot from having treating NXT like a third show as opposed to developmental, but... 100%. Um, it's and not going to happen anytime soon, just no. knowing how it is, but... Because Vince McMahon's back in... Right. Running stuff, but... But regardless, so that is very interesting. Uh, other matches on the card, Intercontinental match, uh, Matt Riddle versus Gunther. Gunther. Don't really see anything for happening there. Um, as you mentioned, the WWE World Heavyweight title match. Balor versus Rollins. I think that could go either way. I I I doubt they get they take the title off Rollins already, but you never know. Well, I mean that could be a case where they you know they put it on them to put it on them initially because you got to crown somebody, and could just be a, you know that could be a very transitional title as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's going to be the title that you're going to give to a veteran guy in their final run. Sure, type thing. Uh, I could see Orton coming back and winning winning that title. The WWE Women's Tag Match, uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Rousey and Baszler. Um, should be a good one. Should be good. And then the Women's Money in the Bank, EO Sky, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Lena Vega, Zoe Stark, and Trish Stratus. I feel like that's Becky's to lose. You don't think Bailey's going to? I don't think so because, I mean, EO Sky, I think, has a better shot than Bailey. No, I don't think so. I would. I'll, I'll say it. Bailey, Bailey, I think Bailey's my pick for that. All right. Because I think I don't think Becky Lynch and Trish are going to be done yet. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean... I, I'm going to pick EO Sky for the record. I, I think that's my pick. EO Sky. Because I think the whole thing with damage control that's stable they're in has been that they've always accomplished stuff and Bailey hasn't. But Bailey's always been the main person. So I could foresee EO Sky getting it and then... Maybe them turning on her. I don't know about that. I feel like ba- Bailey's too nice. Because I've seen an article about this. Could you imagine, out of the four horsewomen, so four horsewomen is Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, and Bailey. Okay. Could you see any of the other three doing what Bailey's doing right now? In terms of not being, you know, not being the one that's over. Right. I could see Becky, because I don't. Th- I I think she's in that position where she doesn't need it. She she's the closest, but the other two. I, I, I could never see Charlotte doing it. Right, and and I and I mean Sasha Banks isn't even with WWE anymore. Right. but I could. I don't. She wasn't really much of a team tag team player. She wasn't much of a team player, and that's right. why she left WWE really twice because she had the whole situation with her and Bailey being tag champions. Yep, slammed the belts down, said we don't want to do this nonsense anymore. And then the whole situation um, with Naomi. So, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that concept. I think Bailey's, you know, she's 
probably the most in tune with the business in in terms of getting others over. Getting, and, but at the same time, that's kind of why I would say Eosky might get it instead of having Bailey. That's why I can see Bailey Bailey going after it, and and then just have Eo and Eo and Dakota Kai Dakota Kai turn on her. That'd be an put interesting. Her, put her back into a baby face. That would be an interesting way to go. I don't hate that either. And then go either after Asuka or Rhea. So we're, basi- I, we're basically saying somebody from Damage Control. Probably, yeah, okay. I would say because I, because I would. Because like you I, said, like you said, the the Trish Becky story isn't done. No, no way. So neither one of them are really going to go for. I think I think they're gonna have their own little match inside the inside the match um, type thing. And Zelina Vega and Zoe Stark. Zelina's been an incredible performer as of late in ring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's there. I could see Zoe Stark maybe getting a run too. But I like Zelina being more in the um the new LWO thing going on. I think that's enough of its own yep. I like, thing I as like well. That new little LWO. Um, then two other matches, Cody Rhodes, Dominic Mysterio, and then as we had mentioned, the Bloodline Civil War. If if I would have told you a year ago that Dominic Mysterio would have be having a match with Cody Rhodes at a pay-per-view, would you have believed me? Um, no. And, and for several different reasons. One, be, with Cody's, in, well, yeah, it would have been Cody's injury about a year ago. Right. Um... I would not have believed that because I figured when he came back, he would have been in the world title picture. 100%. Either winning it or getting screwed out of it and being still in that, you know, just constant. I wouldn't have thought have thought that Don would be as over, over as, as, as he is. Especially, I mean, on his own. I mean, he, the Ray-Dom story was incredible. I don't necessarily think that's totally done yet, but I think no, it's done enough for yeah. now. Um, I don't think that'll actually probably ever end until either Dom turns face either to tag with Ray before he retires or becomes the face of the LWO. Right. Or until Ray retires and maybe Dom retires him. I could foresee happening as well, but I would have not have pictured Dom versus Cody. Um I don't think anybody would be <laughs> Right. Because even even if Cody would have held the belt, I couldn't see Dom being over enough. To challenge him right away. No. So, so credit to, to him. Right. He has been, I to, to his credit, he has been incredible um, the ever, last ever since six he went months. To jail. Yeah. Ever since <laughs> he went to jail. Prison Dom. <laughs> Looking like Prison Mike. That was Christmas, wasn't it? Uh, just, just before. before. It either was Christmas or it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. I which it, one was, it, was. it was something like that. It was right at the start or the end of last year. Either way, though. Um, Still kind of crazy. So that's the WWE look. All right, Sean, let's put a bow on this thing. And really, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Bar of the Week, or do you want to start with what we're rooting for? Because I'm not sure if I have a Bar of the Week ready. So why don't you kick this off with... What oh, we, throw, it, throw it right to me? Yeah, what are, we, what are you rooting for in the upcoming week? Uh, fourth Actually, of two weeks, because we're not going to record. We're going to take next week off yep. with the 4th of July holiday. Um, so here's tentative schedule. Take off the week of 4th of July. We'll be back the week of the 11th. Off the following week, and then we'll be right here for practice training camp. So kind of an every other week type thing right now, just to kind of get through this. Uh, barring something major. Something major, sports-wise happens, we will be here to talk about it. But that should still put us 
before trade deadline, right? For That'll put us before the trade deadline and pre-Packers training camp. Perfect. Two biggest things going on right now. We're go perfect. So that is the tentative schedule as of right now, barring crazy breaking news. Right. Um, so back to Route 4, as you said, uh, the... I'm going to go 4th, 4th of, July of July. Because yeah, it's a 4th of July is always... Always fun. Any big plans for the weekend, Sean? I think our plan is at some point we're going to float the river for sure. That is accurate. We are going to do that. I don't know when, but I know we're going to do it for sure. And that's always fun. I love doing that. We did that the day after our wedding, actually. You did. And I did not go. My Again, I had an ear infection. I was driving crazy. And I held off for like a week to not go to the doctor. That needed to happen the next day. That steroid antibiotic eardrops. I didn't even know that was a thing. You're just dumb. Why am I dumb? Why didn't you go to the doctor? Because if I would have gone to the doctor, I would have had to get antibiotics. If I had antibiotics, I wouldn't have been able to drink. Yeah, but if it was a week, you could have just, like, not taken them. You, it you, wasn't you a could, full week. It was, like, Wednesday. You could have I would have been right in that. Usually antibiotics are, like, six or seven days. You're still dumb. Well, that's... Just not kind. <laughs> All right. My route four, I'm also going to take the 4th of July. Um, as you had mentioned, likely floating at least once, if not twice. Um, if not four times. Well, probably not. Uh, the way that, that with my mom's birthday, uh, we typically don't, we typically go to my aunt's for the, the first. So that will probably be a, an all day type affair. Um, Thursday and Monday are open. I believe the day of the Thursday f- or Sunday <laughs> and Monday. Holy shit. All over say. the place. Uh, Sunday and Monday are open as of right now. And then I believe sometime Tuesday, uh, we're going back down to Sheboygan to spend the day with um, Shauna's nephew, whose birthday is actually the 4th of July. Oh, nice. So that will be part of that day. Obviously, again, as always, especially because my scheduler is not in here. Um, <laughs> Those plans are subject to change. Uh, probably, I plan on going to Jilt Park, May the 3rd, for some truck pulls, food, yep. galore. So so you're not going to the to the parade? I don't know yet how that's going to work out. Um, haven't really gotten that far in the planning. Holy man. But I do also want to throw out. Even though it's going to rain on the 4th like it does every year. Every single year. Um, I do got to say, Sean, real quick here. One of my favorite events is always July 4th. Yep. The Nathan's, Nathan's Hot, Hot Dog, Dog Contest. And it is disgusting, but it is must-watch TV for about, what, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Um, most hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes. So, so the... What are the odds for Joey? I'm, I'm looking at that right now. Over under. So his world record... I was, what, 76 a few years no back? Idea. Yeah, at 76. I don't know if I'm saying this is going to be the year he breaks it again. Um, he has won every year since 2007 except for 2015. What, uh, what was the guy's name? Kobayashi. Kobayashi. Um, tsunami Kobayashi is what they call them. Uh, 55 world records for competitive eating for Joey Chestnut, including chicken wings, 182 in 30 minutes, Twinkies, 121 in 6 minutes, Jalapeno poppers in 118 and 10 minutes for Jaws, Joey Chestnut. 
Um, the current betting odds on this, I believe he's going to be the favorite once again. Uh, Joey Chestnut is coming in. Just taking a look here. So some, there's a lot of betting actually that can take place on this accordingly. So uh, the first one here is the head-to-head -head matchup of Nick Weary versus Mickey Sudo, husband and wife team. Oh, okay. um, Nick Weary is fourth in the world in competitive eating for men and did have a disappointing finish last year. Is there, are men and women at the same time? or uh, Women go first. Women go first, okay. Um, so who's going to have more of the two of them? Uh, currently it is actually... Even odds, pretty much. Uh, Mickey Sudo is at minus 110. Nick Weir at minus 130. I want to see over-under. Uh, working on that yet. Oh, come on, go faster. Will a world record be broken this year? No. Uh, plus 185 for yes. The total hot dogs for Joey Chestnut, 73.5. Ooh. Do they count half hot dogs? No, it's just for betting's sake. No, no. Like They do not. They do. Okay. I don't think so anyway. I'm going to... Going record saying, I don't believe they do. I don't think so either. <clears throat> so 73.5, uh, his odds to win, except Joey Chestnut. So the odds outside of him, actually, he's minus 2,500. So those are pretty favorable odds. Um, the next closest odds are Jeffrey Esper at plus 800, James Webb plus 1,000, Nick Weary plus 1,400, Matt Stoney plus 1,600, Darren Breeden plus 2,000, Patrick Bartoletti 2,500, and Gideon Oji plus 3,000. So minus 2,500. So, okay, explain. So if you bet $100 on minus 2,500, you, you get, get. you. I think you come home with a $100 and $0.25. Oh. I believe. Wow. So. Did you. Did, what, there was another bet that I seen. I, I can explain the positive more likely. So, like, if you were to bet on Jeffrey Esper, if you put $100 down, you get 80 back. Gotcha. Because he's plus 8 Or, no, it's $10 plus. So, it'd be if you put 100 down, it'd be 800 back. Oh, okay. So. So, what you're saying is it's Joey Chestnut's race to lose. Yes. So, that would be my pick as well for what it's worth. I'm going under. You're going under the 73 and a half? I'm going under 73 and a half. You know what? I'm going to take the over. I don't think he breaks the record. I think he checks in this year at 74. Actually, probably 75. I mean, one short of the record. No, the record's 76. Yeah, 75. I'm going to say 74. I think he's going to go 74. That's my official prediction. He's going to go over the over-under, but not the world record. I'm thinking 72. All right. Which is a lot in fucking 10 minutes. That's a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> Um, real quick, Sean Barr of the week. We're going to go with, not quite the dive bar, how this started, but we're going to go 1919 Kitchen and Tap, because I don't think we've talked about that one. It's the bar at Lambeau Field. Uh, okay. um, all in all, 4.4 stars on Google. Uh, food's incredible. I've been there enough times myself. I've never been there. We'll change that at some point. I, I want to go there at some point. Uh, bring the wallet. Right. It is a little bit more pricey than a lot of the places around here. Well, you're sitting in Lambeau. But um, talk about, like I said, plenty of five-star reviews. Very A little pricey is the common thing, but the food is great. Cheese curds are talking about it. Um, as long as the food's good, I don't mind paying. Right, absolutely. Um, great sandwiches. Really everything kind of across the board. So 
That is 1919 Kitchen and Tap Bar of the Week. With that, that is episode 118. We're in the books for Shauna and Sean, who are here, Ramsey and Justin, who are not. I'm Eric Biggie, signing off. Thanks for listening. Pay attention to the social media pages for our show. And have a happy and safe 4th of July. We're out. See ya. See ya.